today for the lunch and auction. The Peaceful Mom Ladies Bible Study is just around the corner. Betty Detweiler is leading this Bible study. It will be on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. in Portable 2. It will run for about 12 weeks, and you must order the book for yourself through Amazon. The first meeting is February 20th. If you'd like to join or have any questions, visit our Connect Center in the back or contact Betty Detweiler today. Pastor Rod is also leading a men's Bible study. They will be going through a book study on understanding your wife better. This will be on Wednesday nights starting February 21st at 6 p.m. It will be in portable number one. You will have to order your book and to find the link, visit the Connect Center today. Ladies, mark your calendars for Monday, February 26th for Woman to Woman. It is at 6.30 p.m. upstairs in the youth room and it will be a Galentine's party. Wear pink or red and bring a snack to share. I also heard that there will be a chocolate fountain, so you can't miss that. All FFM women ages 18 and older are invited. And for more information, visit our Connect Center today. We have an opportunity to be a part of the legacy of Firm Foundation Ministries forever by purchasing a four by eight brick that will be placed in the hallway of the new building. We have extended the deadline and you can find the link to purchase a brick on our church website or the church app. For more information, visit our Connect Center or contact Eli Swartz today. Guys, it's time to register for our annual men's retreat. The dates are March 21st through the 23rd, and it's the same place as last year, the Fahalo Retreat Center right outside of Jackson, Michigan. This is always an amazing weekend to come together and be challenged as men to be instruments for God's glory. The cost is $200, which includes your food and lodging. The deadline to register is March 3rd. You can find the link on our church app and website. For more information, visit our Connect Center today. Hi everyone, it's Pastor Don. This next announcement is about our Easter offering. Yes, it's that time of year where Easter is coming upon us. And every year at Easter, if you didn't know, we always take up an annual Easter offering for our building fund. We've said for years that God comes and gives his very best to us at Easter. And so we wanna come on Easter Sunday morning and give our very best towards our Easter offering. No doubt you've seen the construction next door and how the gymnasium is coming along and we need your help to finish it. And that's what our Easter offering is going towards this year, our Youth Community Building Fund. What our challenge for the Easter offering this year is one week's salary. What we're doing is we're asking every family in the church to consider giving one week's salary to our Easter fund for the building this year. How do you calculate that? Take your annual income as a family, divide it by 52, and that's your number. This keeps giving on an even level. This also gives everyone the aspect of adding faith according to their portion to our Easter offering. We're believing God for over $300,000 this year in our Easter offering. Last year was amazing, $225,000 as an Easter offering. This year, we cannot wait to see 
what God will do with our faith as we apply it towards what God is doing in the revival of our young people by providing a place and an environment for them to have an encounter with God on a weekly basis. We're asking you to believe with us. We're asking you to put your faith with us through our Easter offering. Consider, as a family, one week's salary this year in our Easter offering. God bless you. Let's watch what Jesus will do. 20 years ago this year, Pastor Don and Lisa came to FFM and have been pastoring us as a church ever since. This kind of commitment deserves a celebration. So we are inviting you to join us on April 7th for a day of honoring Pastor Don and Lisa. Join us for our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service, followed by a celebration meal after the second service. Mark your calendars now. This is one Sunday service at FFM you won't want to miss. Hey dads, mark your calendar for April 27th as we will be hosting a daddy-daughter dance here at the church. More details will be coming soon. For our next announcement, Everence is offering college scholarship opportunities for you or your children. Eligible students can be chosen to receive scholarships of $3,000, $2,000, or $1,000 for the coming academic year. Applications are accepted through February 28th and visit everance.com slash college scholarships to download the application. This next announcement is for all of our visitors. If this is your first time here at FFM, we'd like to welcome you. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us today, but also we would love to get to know you. Please take a couple seconds to text the word NEW to 269-256-2474. We look forward to connecting with you. For our last announcement, Volunteer of the Week. This week's Volunteer of the Week is Kay Diamond. Why don't you guys give Kay Diamond a hand? Kay Diamond has been working behind the scenes to serve at church and recently joined the worship team. He has also helped lead community outreach events through his music. Kay Diamond, thank you for everything you do. Come find me and I'll get you a free gift card to the Cross Culture Cafe. If you would like your announcement shown on this video segment, feel free to send an email to ffmnews96 at gmail.com. That's all we have for this week's segment of FFM News. Enjoy the service. Good morning. Good morning, Firm Foundation Ministries. I said good morning, church. Hey, come on, let's welcome the Lord into this house. Let everybody know who's coming that, uh, in that it's ready. We're ready to start church. Who's ready? Are you ready? Great. Now we realize that uh, the dessert auction is at the end of second service and a lot of people are waiting to come to second service. They stay for lunch. If you're here this morning, we want to invite you back, amen, uh, for second service for lunch. So your youth is going to be serving you lunch in here. We're going to be breaking all these tables down, our chairs down, putting up tables. They're going to serve you lunch. You're just going to sit down. They're going to bring you lunch and the dessert auction is going to start. So it's worth coming back. You got to eat lunch somewhere. You might as well eat lunch for free and then buy your desserts for the Super Bowl game tonight, right? So uh, uh, we just want to encourage you to do that. Thanks for being here. So we realize a lot of people are coming to our second service, which is fine. Uh, our sermon notes winner for last week. Now, if you don't know, all the kids that stay in that don't go to the Sunday school hour in between first service, uh, their sermon notes are over there and... Uh, they get to do that. This week's winner is Daniel Schrock. Let's give Daniel a hand, right? 
All right, as you're getting settled in and those type of things, I want you to realize that, uh, uh, you know, as we roll out our welcoming team and for all of our visitors and, and put in place uh, Devin's uh, new idea of plan your visit, uh, we want you to realize that when you come in on a Sunday morning, you may see reserved signs on a seat. If you see them, those are for our visitors, and we want to be excited about that. Hello, somebody, right? And so we don't want you to be violated that maybe a, a, a welcome or, or reserved seats on a seat where you usually stay. Be excited that visitors have planned to come and be with us. Sit next to that. Give them a good greeting and those type of things. But Devin did a great training yesterday with his whole team. I'm excited about that. Uh, and we want you to know that when you bring visitors to Firm Foundation Ministries, they're going to be taken care of. We want to make them feel special. As a matter of fact, if you're a visitor with us this morning, we just want to go ahead and welcome you right now. Let's welcome all our visitors. It's first service, right? And if you didn't do the plan, your visit uh, thing, to, when you came this morning, you can text to that uh, phone number, new, and let us know who you are. I'm not going to send you an envelope asking for money or those things. If you didn't see that, there's the number right there. Uh, if you don't get that number down right away, there's a QR code in the back. Uh, you can connect uh, that way for sure. But text that to us. Let us know who you are. Like I told you, church, if you're bringing a visitor... Uh, Pastor Devin has brought a plan to us that says within the first six weeks of their first visit here at Firm Foundation Ministry, his plan is to touch them at least 16 times. And how many of you know, right, when you feel cared for, right, you feel the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I appreciate his plan, his aggressive plan uh, uh, to, to touch people and let them know that we love them and so does Jesus. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, there are going to be tours of the new building today. <clears throat> um, some of it will be happening during second service. So if you're hanging around and you want a tour, you can do it during second service. After second service. So Matt Stutzman, um, Justin Gantz, the building team, they'll be doing that. Here's my encouragement to you. Please don't let the children run through their unsupervised. Because those walls are all framed with metal frames. And they are sharp. Okay, so make sure the children are with you, but we want you to go through the building. We want you to see what's going on. Uh, the, the construction crew worked incredibly hard this week to make sure it was clean and ready for us to look at it. Some of you have, you, listen, I want you to understand, you get inside the gymnasium, it'll shock you at how big the gym really is. And so uh, those things are going on. I want to thank David Eckert and his team for pulling all of the wire for media and internet and everything that goes through the new building yesterday. Let's give them a hand, right? Um, Bo McMillan and his team from One Way Plumbing for plumbing the building for us. Let's give them a hand, right? And uh, Jay Kelly and uh, Kelly uh, excavating for moving all this dirt, getting it ready, getting everything in. Thank those guys. So I love it when, you know, there are uh, businesses in the church that are helping build the church. We want to pray for them, that God blesses them for those things. It's incredible. I have one last thing that I want to talk about uh, this morning. Now, I've said this all along. I know that Firm Foundation Ministries is not a church that's for everyone. But there is a church for everyone. Can you say amen? And part of our heart is to make sure that no matter who people are, when they're seeking for the Lord, we want to make sure that we help find them a place where God can meet them, whether it's here or anywhere else. And I'll say this over and over and over again. 
we are so blessed that there are great churches in our area. There really are some great churches. There are great pastors and leaders in our area. And we should be praying for them as a church. Um, last week, uh, Ben Courier, Pastor Ben Courier, uh, who today is actually his official installation as senior pastor of Baroque Missionary Church. Um, last week, la- not, this, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, their house burnt down completely. And they lost everything. They have been living in a motel room. And um, I talked with him on the phone this week. Uh, their men are going to join us for our men's retreat this year. Uh, it's, it's an incredible thing to join with good churches. He's a good pastor. He's a good man. He loves the Lord. He leads well, leads his family well. Um, so I talked with him a little bit just to see where they're at and what's going on. And, and he's like, man, I appreciate people's, you know, giving and loving on us. People want to give us, you know, frozen food. We're living in a motel. We don't have a freezer, you know. Uh, that, I, you know, I don't want to be ungrateful, but, you know, uh, I just want to thank everybody for what is happening and those things. And actually today they're supposed to be celebrating because today they'll be officially installing him as a senior pastor at Baroque Missionary. So here's what I want to do. I know today is a huge giving day for us. we got two of them, today and Easter, right? And that's not uncommon for Firm Foundation Ministries. But as a pastor, I am so grateful that this church takes care of my family. And I, I thank God every day that I don't have a need in the world. i got a lot of wants, but that's a big difference. Amen? And I know that if my family had a need, this church would take care of us. You always have for 20 years. I would like to say to us that on a day where it's giving, and I know we're going to ask you to give to the youth, and I don't want you to take away from that. But if you would like to join me in giving a free will offering today to Ben Courier and his family, we're going to set this basket in the back. There's a couple of ushers back there. As a matter of fact, Mr. Doug's going to come right now, and uh, he's going to get this basket and set it right back there. And as you're leaving today, if you can give to that, We're going to give 100% of everything, thank you, Doug, uh, that is given into that. And then we're also going to have Everance match it. Everance will match it up to uh, $500. Come on, give God praise for that. So we want want the church to know, we want the world to know that the church takes care of itself. Hello, somebody. Right, Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples for your love, one for... Another, And there's a good pastor who needs us to be a blessing, his family. And so I'm just going to ask you, today if you've got a couple of dollars, throw it in there. You'll be surprised uh, how much a couple of dollars will go by. Uh, If you've got more than a couple, uh, you can do that too. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me in this place. I know the announcements were long, but man, God is good, and lunch is going to be provided, and, and, and Jesus is going to show up, and we're excited about being in the house of God this morning. Amen? Are you excited? We want to give you the freedom to worship the Lord in this place. Amen. To celebrate the goodness of God as we celebrate Him today. The altar is always open. Someone will come and do ministry with you. We want you to receive everything the Lord has for you today. So, Father, today in this place, we have come to celebrate your goodness. God, we have come to stomp on the devil's head as we raise our hand in victory with you, Jesus. Fill this place with your glory. Fill this place with your honor. Touch our hearts and lives lives, God. Don't let us leave the same as we came, but let us leave changed in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship together. Come on.
Lord. Do you have a reason to worship? God is good. Amen. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good.
The beauty of coming together as a body is that we can declare the same things before the Lord, say, you are good. We worship you. Worship you. The other beauty about it is that we can prophesy and we can make declarations and believe for something together. And that's why we do. And with this next one, it's a prayer of surrender, it's a prayer of praise, and also prophecy. And we just ask everyone to join us in that. And we reach out and pray for all of those who are home, who are sick. We are praying for you if you're listening to us today. We are praying for you that the Lord will touch and heal your body as you worship with us.
Amen. Today there's a big football I heard about. I'm not a football person, but I see a lot of faith when it comes to football, and I think it's quite interesting. So do you have more faith than, uh, on your, than your team that the Lord can heal this morning? What's the level of your, of your faith when it comes to comparing it to other things that you believe for in life? Today we're believing for healing in this place. There's a lot of us going through sickness, all kinds of things. The Lord is here and he says, I want to heal you today. And it's okay to ask him if just you have an earache or maybe you have a headache or your body hurts, you don't know. Come forward and there are elders ready to play, pray for you, anoint you. And we believe that the Lord is here and he is healing. Maybe he is healing your mind right now. Just bringing peace where there is trouble. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we still believe. We still believe that mountains can still be moved. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that strongholds can still be loosed? Generational curses can be broken? In the name of Jesus, we declare that this morning.
Last night, last night, G, hello, oh, okay, last night I was reading in Acts, and um, in Acts 16, chapter, sorry, Acts 16, verse 26, um, Paul and Silas are in prison, and it says this, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened, and... (laughs) I've shared this before, but when I was a teenager, I struggled with um, an addiction to pornography. And this is something in my life that I allowed um, shame to hold me back in, to share my testimony because I was afraid of what people would think. But I have come to realize that my testimony is powerful and Jesus has delivered me from an addiction to pornography and so therefore there is no shame associated and so what I feel the Lord is saying what I know the Lord is saying to us is that he has some change specifically I want to speak to those struggling with any sort of addiction whether it be pornography whether it be alcohol drugs whatever it might be I want to speak to you and I want to say that God wants to do a move in your heart there's an earthquake that he wants to do in your heart so the the bonds are loosened right the chains are gone he didn't create to live you he didn't create you to live bound by addiction He created you to walk in freedom. And if you are struggling with an addiction, you are feeling shame, know that that is not from the Lord. That is from the enemy. And if he can keep you in a place where you feel isolated and ashamed, then he can keep you in the cycle of addiction. But God has something bigger for you. God wants to do a move in you. He wants to free you. He wants to remove those chains. In the name of Jesus, I speak that over you. God has something for you. Do not allow the enemy to take shame and to put that on you to keep you where you're at because that's what shame is. It's designed to keep you where you're at. And let me tell you this, that there's nothing special about me. I'm not God's chosen one. So if God did it for me, he can and he will do it for you.
place today we want to exalt you you are worthy holy are you Lord we thank you for your presence continue to touch our hearts Lord as we rest in your presence today as we celebrate your goodness Lord we just give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus name and everyone said come on give the Lord a big hand of praise amen go ahead and be seated uh, let's dismiss the kids for the Sunday school hour and uh, as we do that, I want to do something special this morning. As um, this day we've been talking about for months now is our celebration day. It's, it's always been our celebration day. The, the weekend before uh, Valentine's Day and usually on Super Bowl Sunday, we celebrate our youth here at church and we invest in them. And again, uh, every year in our budget, uh, this year you guys affirmed our budget, which was close to a million dollars to, to run our ministry. And in there again, once again, the youth ministries asked for nothing in the budget. They raised their own funds. They do great. Uh, we're going to be traveling this week to the DR. They raised $70,000 to go on this trip. Let's give them praise, right? So I want to invite uh, our, our, ministry, our youth ministry teams up on stage. So uh, all of those who are involved in the youth ministry team, we want you to come up on stage real quick. Um, and we're going we're gonna to try and get through this because we still want to share the word a little bit here this morning. And uh, this, is, uh, this is an incredible thing. Um, and this all started, um, you know, 15 plus years ago, I think, when I, I met uh, Tim and Lynette in, uh, um, at the Chinese restaurant in Sturgis. Uh, not met them, I knew them, but we, we arranged to meet there. Um, and... When we moved into this building, God gave this church a prophetic word that said we would only grow and be as healthy as we focused on raising up the next generation. That we focused on legacy and longevity and, and investing in the kingdom. And so children and kids, young people were going to be the focus. And from that prophetic word till today, we have tried to honor that. And it started with two people that I was brave enough to go to and say, I know it's not your calling. But I need you to do this. Will you invest your life into helping us honor the prophetic word and building our youth ministry and growing forward? You are builders. Your mom and a dad. And uh, they answered the call. And that was Tim and Lynette, right? So give them a hand, right? 
over 15 years ago. And they have built an incredible team over that time and an incredible youth ministry to the point that we are always out of room for kids. And that's all because two couple, a, a couple said, we're not worried about what our call is. We're worried about being obedient to what the Lord has said. He will anoint the rest. And so I want you once again, give Tim and Lynette a hand as they introduce the team here. Yeah, what an honor. Um, when you look back over, over the years and what God has done, it's been remarkable. Last year at our youth retreat, uh, we had over 100 kids, and we are just getting ready to go to the Dominican this Friday, and uh, we're, we're taking 40 people, um, and that's, that's a big step, and it's really exciting to see what God has done through the years, and as you can see, it's, um, it's remarkable to have the help, but the, the support of the church has been um, amazing, the, the support of the leadership, everyone. And so we couldn't do it without you guys. Today you get to, to be a part of that as we do. Uh... Oh, yeah. We've, Ryan's not here today. So we got Ryan. There's Ryan right there. So anyways, um, thank you to you guys. Joe and Tanya lead the Aftershock, which would be our middle school. I'm going to, really quick, we just want to introduce, we want the church to know who our um, team hit, who it is. It's changed a little bit over the last uh, year, so really quick, we're going to have them introduce their team. <laughs> we are the Aftershock Middle School Youth Group team. Uh, we'll start down at the end. Breno and Juliana just joined us, and we are having a blast with them, so we're excited to have them. Cami, we released uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, she's going to be getting married following her husband to South Bend. She still comes back to us for Aftershock. We are so thankful for her. Uh, Brittany and John Skaggs have been helping. John and Christy, just pretend John is there. John and Christy Munson have been uh, faithful with us for years, and Katie and Manny. So thank you. All right. So um, yes, Tim and I have been doing this for a long time. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we are in a transition process. And so by June, the plan right now is that Eli and Lior will be taking over for us with the high school youth group. You can clap louder than that. <laughs> But Ryan here has been our old faithful. I mean, we even have to have him up here even if he's not here. He's not able to be here today, but he has been with us since almost the beginning, and he has been such a fantastic addition to our team. The um, influence that he has on especially the boys has been so fun to watch, and he does not know how valuable he is to our team, I don't think. So Claire, of course, is also very valuable to our team, right? And then we have Ella and Doris that have been helping us. They help with taking care of like um, snacks and doing attendance when the kids are arriving. And so they're some of the first faces that they see. And then we have Devin and Devin and their boys who just joined the team recently. And then also Amy and Colton who um, actually used to be in our youth group. And now they are also a part of our team. Um, so it's been wonderful to have the team grow. It started off um, where Tim and, it was just Tim and I and the first youth group that we hosted. We had two kids show up and then one of them quit. So <laughs> to see that now on our roster for just high school, we have over kid, 80 kids on that list. And so that's exciting to see. And it's because of the faithfulness of this church, the, the giving um, hearts of you as people. And then also this team has been so fantastic. And I just can tell you from what I've observed, your kids are very well loved. 
Amen. So over a hundred kids on a Sunday evening between middle school, youth group, and our Bible memory crew. Uh, so if your kids can't, if they're too uh, young yet to go to middle school group, but they can read, there's Bible memory here. And you see every week where we get to reward them and, and bless them. And we're sowing the word in them. And man, I mean, it's unbelievable how, how many scriptures these kids are reading. And, and you know, when you, when you put the word of God in them, it's a seed, right? And God harvests it. And so I don't want this church to take for granted, amen, uh, just the fact that uh, we have a lot of kids around here. There's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes, uh, people that work hard during the day at regular jobs, and then they're here in the evenings or days and weekends, all of these things to love on your kids. And that's an incredible thing. And the proof is that what we see coming out of that. A lot of our kids are going right out of high school into the mission field, into ministry, looking to go forward. I mean, you know, um, there are the Gashos who used to be part of, uh, you know, youth group. And, and uh, Brent, all of these young people grew up in our young group and now they're leaders in it. They're actually now going to take uh, those who come behind them to a third world country. Come and go with us. Amen. And, and that's the legacy we read into this. So any of our kids that are in first service that's going on the trip uh, starting Friday, I want you to come up on the stage real quick. We're going to pray for everybody. Right? So let's give them all a hand. Right? All the kids. Uh, I know there'll be some in second service. And we need to do this now because they're going to be preparing to serve you afterwards. Uh, so uh, they're going to stand in and just represent who's not here. But there's over 40 uh, people going on this trip. Uh, 30 plus of them. 32 uh, 29 teenagers we are taking through airports to a third world country. Help us, Jesus. Uh, many of them have never flown on a plane, much less left the country. Uh, but the Dominican Republic is going to be incredible. They're going to be changed for the glory of God. And so we have a few young people uh, that are here. They're going to represent the whole group. Most of them are coming second service because, again, they're preparing to serve you. Uh, and that's a great thing. And so will you stand with me in this room? And let's stretch our hands towards them. And listen, if you can't come back for the dessert auction today, but you can give towards their ministry, not towards the trip. The trip is paid for. Again, today is about raising their annual budget. You can write a check. Hello, somebody. And uh, if you think, why are we building this gymnasium over there? Hello, somebody. You need to be on a Sunday night when they're trying to play kickball out in the foyer. Um, <laughs> Today you're going to see why we love the kids and why we're investing in them and we're asking you to invest in them also. Let's pray, right? Father, first of all, I want to thank you for the faithfulness of leaders who say, we're not really worried about if it's our calling or not. We're only worried about what you have called us to be, which is obedient. Through that, God, a team has been built, God. And we don't want to ever take that for granted. And so often, Lord, we don't see all the work that's gone in. But this morning, we decide to showcase it, to make it public, to pray for it, to bless it, and to give our appreciation to it. Lord, we pray for this team. Let your anointing continue to rest on them. Give them wisdom, God, and power, God, to help speak into the life of young people, God. Today, Lord, we know that young people have to deal and process with things that we never had to before. That so much of that can cloud your goodness and your voice into their life, can lead them astray. Thank you for a team, God, that you have put together to continue to speak truth with love and guidance. 
Resource them and anoint them, God, for what they have dedicated their life to do. We thank you for the young people, God, who have said, yes, I will go. When you said, who will go for me? Lord, they stood up and said, we will go. They raised their funds, God. Everything is set and ready. You have gone before us, Lord, and prepared the ground. And so I pray, God, for their hearts right now as we go on this trip. We ask for your hedge of protection around us. Keep sickness away, God. Let us be focused, God, and fully energized, Lord, to minister to those that they will be ministering to each and every day. God, there is a country waiting to hear about the goodness of the Lord. And there is a group of kids who are equipped and empowered to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we pray for harvest. Harvest, God. Souls from this, God. Not only that, a change. God, as we go... Thank you that you go before us. As we come back home, God, thank you that you will give us a word, a testimony about how the good hand of our God is upon us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. God bless. This is your team. And you should be honored. Amen. I love it. Uh, Again, hey, Tim and Lynette, just come here. Stand here, they they no idea what's happening here this morning. But anyway, I just want to say a big heart thank you. I need you to understand that when they say in June uh, that Eli and Lior are going to step in, it's not just a, 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 a flippant kind of decision. They've been preparing for a year plus with Eli and Leora. They've been preparing their hearts for a couple of years. It is not easy. Uh, to give up what you have given your heart in. But as an eldership team, we have come to Tim and Lynette and said we need their, <laughs> their presence and their push into other areas of the ministry. We have people who are equipped and ready to go. But Tim and Lynette have been faithful uh, and uh, have built what we see today. And it's because of their faithfulness and their love. Just saying yes, uh, that we have what we have in today. So I want you to never forget these two. And the power that they have. Give them a big hand of praise. Amen. All right. We love you guys. All right. If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. This is the last one. Amen. Everybody say last one. Last one. Are you sad about it? Here we go. I've got uh, about just a few minutes to run through some things here uh, to close out our series on renewing our vision. And if this is your first Sunday here, I encourage you to go back and listen to the rest. If you wonder about what we're doing, why we're doing it, what God has been pushing into us, uh, this series every year at the beginning of the year is impactful for us. We've started with Hebrews chapter 11 because we have titled this whole series, When Faith Happens. And we've been talking about how our faith over the the last uh, 27, 28 years has allowed God uh, to move in a special way. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, faith is. Everybody say is. There's the substance. Faith is the substance. It is tangible. It is very real. It is not something that is mystical or or obtuse or out into uh, some unattainable way. Faith is substance. Faith is tangible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence, the proof, the proof of things not seen. And so, Father, bless you for this word. Would you bless the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said...
Why do we preach a series on vision every year? Why is it important to renew our vision and our commitment to those things? Because it's very easy to allow the circumstantial evidence in our life to distract us from the reality of God and what He's wanting to do. It's very easy to allow faith to die, amen, while we put trust in things that don't push us forward in God. And so I, I believe that faith and vision are inseparable. I, I believe they're, they're inseparable. I believe that one never happens without the other. You can't have one without the other. And that the vision of this church, and again, I, I often preach to other churches, but this is the church that God has called me to lead. And as our team leads in this moment, I believe that the vision of this church requires that we leave our comfort zone and move into our gift zone. I believe that God has given Firm Foundation Ministries a voice. And it is a voice that is crying out into the wilderness, calling people to step out of the boat into the open waters and trust God for what He said He would do. And our call to you is this. You have to get plugged in. And you have to look at getting plugged in as a part of, of owning what God has called us to do. All those years ago, Tim and Lynette were not called to the youth ministry. They have led youth before. They thought those days were over. But God had given us a word and, and, and we had had unfaithful people try to push forward in that. And finally I had had enough and I said, I'm going to pick a faithful couple and ask them to just commit to the vision. Don't ever underestimate you getting plugged in in an area of need. And don't overlook an area of need just because you think you're not called to that particular area of need. I want us as a church to be released into our destiny and running with the vision of this house. And I believe that God has equipped us and placed us in such a place. Prophetic word over and over and over. When we thought about selling this land before anything was there. Where the word was don't sell a grain of sand. That God is making it a water hole. God is making it a silo. A place where people will come from all over the world. To be refreshed, to touch. Where out from you would come resource. And as we, as we see what God is doing. This church becoming a silo that holds the harvest. So we can be released to gather in. Can I say this too? This is a farming community. I grew up on a farm. If you don't have a silo, there ain't any need to go after the harvest. If you don't have a silo, there isn't any need to go after a harvest. Tim and Lynette and Lisa and I went up to Holland. We're looking at uh, trying to find a, a, a bigger venue for our men's retreat and our women's retreat because where we'd be going, I mean, we're just outgrowing everything. And we were up in Holland, and, and Tim pointed out, as we're traveling up the interstate, this huge silos. He said, hey, Don, you see all those silos off in the distance? I mean, they towered above everything. I said, yep. He said, that's where all our soybean goes. 
See, if you don't have a silo, what's the use of going after the soybean? Where will you gather it in? And the truth is the harvest must be reaped and placed in a silo or it will rot in the field. We can talk about going after the harvest, but if we have anywhere to put it, we don't go after it. And if we don't go after it, it rots in the field. And then we want to blame God for why our churches aren't growing. And this harvest must be reaped. And I'm not going to apologize for winning the lost. I'm not going to apologize about growing because people's lives are being transformed and changed. Because people are walking with God in security. Growing in God in their faith. And their families are are being anointed. And and chains are being broken. and, And freedom is being found. This is what God wants to do. The harvest must be reached and placed in a silo or it's going to rot in the field. The problem though is not the harvest. It's a lack of laborers. And the harvest cannot harvest itself. My wife and I drove by a cornfield the other day that had not been harvested. And she's like, why is that still in the field? Of course, I explained, you know, that's the type of corn that, you know, they can wait till the spring if they need to. That kind of thing. But here's the deal. The truth of the matter is, you want to know why it's still in the field? Because no one harvested it. Now, the deer are happy. Because they had something to eat all winter. And the deer hunters are happy because the deer are healthy. Hello, somebody. But you can look at that cornfield, and there are plenty of them in this area that are not yet harvested. Why are they not yet harvested? Because no one went after them. It cannot harvest itself. And I think that that who we are in this last day, God is commissioning us to tend these fields and to harvest it. Mark, Mark in his gospel tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Does he not? And I love this because he says to preach it to every creature. Like Mark is like, don't leave nobody out. Don't leave nothing out. Tell everybody the good news, right? I mean, just tell everybody. Preach the gospel to every creature. Can I say this to us, church? Ain't no need to pray about that. Do you know you don't need to pray about what God already said go do? You don't need to fast about it. We don't need to call a committee about it. We don't need to say, God's already said do it. We don't need to pray about that particular. There's no need to over-spiritualize it. It's clear what we are supposed to do. We've been given a great commission and we've been authorized and deputized and we've been empowered by the anointing of the Holy Ghost to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doing nothing is easy. Doing something takes effort. And if you want true joy in your life, if you want true peace in your life, all it takes is for you to minister to another. This is what we, see, you want to get over depression and anxiety and, and, and all of these things. Get yourself, what does depression and anxiety do? It causes us to hide. It causes us to concentrate on who we are. It causes us to stay under the covers. Listen, in those moments when that's what you want to do, by the power of the Holy Spirit, do the opposite. Go find somebody to minister to. And watch what the Spirit of God not only does in their life, but in your life.
Focus on their need and watch your need take care of itself. The harvest church is all around us. Somebody say amen. When Jesus was 12, he got separated from his family. Y'all read that part? When they found him, he's in a synagogue blowing the minds of all the teachers, right? I mean, like, what is going on? And, 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 and his parents says, hey, we've been looking for you. Why would you do this to us? And you know what he said to them? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Now, Mary, obviously... Right? That had to hit her quick. Like, okay, yeah, I, I remember the, what the angel taught. Hello, somebody. When I hear that word must, you know what that tells me, church? There's no other option. We all have a must from the Lord. We all have a must from the Lord, right? About being about his business. And Satan knows his time is short. And he's trying to distract us and keep us from seeing the harvest as God sees it. Can I say this to his church? God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at current events. God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at problems. God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at the election. Oh boy. God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at the gas prices. God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at terrorist attacks. God is looking at the harvest. He's not looking at unrest, church. God is solely focused on the harvest. We spent our careers. We built ministries on preaching towards the end times. We live in the end times. We live in the end times. And man, everybody gets all worked up. Jesus is coming back soon. But when we start experiencing the effect of the end times, then we panic as if Jesus isn't coming back. Can I say this to you, church? What did you think it was going to look like? Did you think that world leaders were going to behave themselves in the end time? Did you think that sin obviously was going to get better or? No, it gets darker and darker and darker. It gets, and so this is when the church should say, our light shines brightest in the darkest. Yeah, we live in the end times, but guess what? I'm excited about that because my light is shining brighter and brighter and brighter and my Jesus is still on his way. live in woe is me because the world has lost its mind Jesus met a woman at a well I read that story he told her a couple things about her life I don't have time to read your Bible to you he told her a couple things about her life Jesus wasn't even supposed to be there it was improper for a Jew to even be in that area And that's why she said, well, why do you even speak to me? Why are you even talking to me? You're a Jew, you're a man, I'm a woman, and I... Hello, somebody. Why are you talking to me? And Jesus begins to talk to her about her life. He gives her some things that give her a revelation that he is actually the Messiah. When the disciples show up after this conversation, you know what they were worried about? Jesus... Did you get something to eat? See, you don't read your Bible like I do. Do you get something to eat, Jesus? And Jesus isn't worried about getting something to eat. He's worried about the harvest. He was worried about the harvest in that moment. Specifically, he was worried about the harvest. They were more focused on the natural things 
than Jesus' conversation with the Samaritan woman. And in that moment, they couldn't connect their natural with God's super, and so they missed the supernatural. This woman goes back into town and tells everybody. What would she say? Come see a man. Do you know that the Bible says that the whole town, the whole town followed her back to Jesus, the most unlikely candidate, the most unlikely person that would ever be commissioned to bring in the harvest. There she is, right? There she is. She goes back into the town and she tells everybody, not, hey, a man told me all about me. She said, come see a man, follow me to Jesus. That's why I want you to invite people to church. Bring them to church. If we're too full, invite them to somebody else's church. Hello, church. And the whole town followed her back to meet with Jesus. And you know what Jesus says to his disciples? I love this. He looks at his disciples and he says to them, he says, lift up your eyes. Look at them all. The fields are white unto. Look at them all. Church, the woods is full of them. Go get you one. You You want to freak the leaders of this church out? I know you do. Just mess with them. Go ahead. Bring somebody with you to church every Sunday. (laughs) Watch the leaders go, what are we going to (laughs) do? Not my problem. You told me to bring the lost. Listen, it was as if Jesus was taking his disciples by the chin and saying, I want you to look around and see the things, see things the way I do. Jesus is speaking to us today, church, to look around and see the harvest. We need to have a heart for souls, for mankind. Just surviving a Sunday morning meeting cannot be the call of this ministry. If FFM is moving into a season, I believe it's a season of release. A season of release of power of God releasing into the harvest. And we have for far too long in the Christian community made it all about us. We're centered on self and not the harvest. Can I prove it to you? There ain't much preaching on winning souls and reclaiming the city for Christ anymore. Why? Because most of what is built is just built on surviving a Sunday morning meeting. Most people are looking for a church like they're trying to decide whether to join Sam's Club or Costco. Which one benefits me the most? I said it out loud. When Jesus went into this town, he wasn't looking for personal benefit. He made an impact in the town after town after town. And when he left, it was changed. It's time we change a city, church. It's time we change a city. It's time that every church that is a good church in this area say, it is our call to change the city where we sit in. That ain't easy. I've had to stand for some things in this community, and you've stood with me, that hasn't made me friends with some of the leaders in this community. I go to the basketball games and see them look at me. 
I know I made them mad. Hello, somebody. But there ain't a marijuana distribution place in this town affecting our young kids. And so I don't care if they'll get mad. They'll get glad in the same pants they got mad in. It's not for us. Don't send me no emails. Send them to Breno. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's time we change the city. You know what my message was to all those community leaders? That's what a community is. It's a group of people who have decided to live together to be governed by a group, uh, uh, guidelines, community heart issues. And that's why we live in a community. And you don't have the right to come in here and demand that we change how we want to live. We decide that. I, I get it. It's okay. Hello, somebody. Well, Pastor Darn, aren't you offended that they don't like you? What happens when you get offended? Nothing. Nothing. Matter of fact, the Bible says its intent is to offend you. The Bible says that God will offend your flesh to reveal your heart. What happens when you get offended? Nothing. Since when did sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt? When did that stop being relevant? See, when you stand for something, you have to understand, ain't everybody going to be happy and the devil's going to be mad. See, when you decide to change a city, our idea is not to change a city because we want to be mean. Our idea is to change a city because there are lives in that city that need the transformation power of God. And that's what a church is supposed to be doing. When I go to the book of Hebrews, this is what I see. I read about men and women, they men that were movers and shakers, not sitters and whiners. See, there's some churches that ain't used to this kind of preaching. But throughout the book of Hebrews, there's a reoccurring theme. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Everything was done by faith. Everything was done by faith. All their needs were met because they walked with Jesus. As they stayed busy doing kingdom work, the king of that kingdom kept busy blessing them. When you get involved in God's harvest, God's going to get involved in yours. Luke 17. Ten lepers. Right? They stood afar off crying to Jesus. He tells them, go show yourselves to the priest. And when they turned around and started walking, the Bible says they were healed. See, action on their part resulted in their healing as they walked in faith. And the same principle applies to Firm Foundation Ministries. If we're going to step out in faith in the assignment that God has for us, we will see healing. We will see deliverance. We will see prosperity. We'll see all the things that God has promised us. But you've got to step out in faith. Today is all about stepping out in faith and letting the young people of this church know we love you. And we believe in you. See, walking in our destiny means going to the harvest. Somebody say amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, he said unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest has done its job. The harvest has done better than its job. It's plenteous. 
Now, there's farmers in this church that know sometimes, come on, right? Yield is a big thing. This year it didn't yield as much as it did last year. Amen. But there are some years when, man, like the yield is unbelievable. That's what Jesus is saying right now. The yield is not the problem. He says, pray therefore for the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers. Listen, church, until we see people as harvest and see them as Christ saw them, we cannot pray the way Jesus said to pray. When we look at our city, we look at our country, even our nation, what do we see? I don't intend to be political here because you know how I feel about it. Right? I don't don't have much use for any of them. I believe I'm going to vote. That gives me the right to bark. Right? And even if those that I vote for don't do what they're supposed to, I'm going to bark at them too. Hello, somebody. I'm scared of them. They work for me. Watch this. When we see our city, Centerville, Sturgis, Three Rivers, Minden, Constantine. Come on, church. Our our influence is expanding. LaGrange, Howe, Middlebury, South Bend. Come on, come on. There are people who are driving forever. Where? White Pigeon. Oh, what's he? You keep you say it. Cold water. Cold water. They're driving from cold water. Do you know how many churches all these people are driving by to come to this one? Why? Why? We're not special. When we see our cities, when we see our country, when we see our nation, what do you see? When we see the lost, do we see them as people uh, that belong to the devil and just act like him? Listen, don't be mad at lost people for acting like lost people. When you see them, do you just see color? Do you see dress? Do you see attitude? Do you see nationality? Or do you see people like Jesus sees them? People who need a savior. We need to stop looking at people like they are devils and see them as the harvest so that we can pray, Jesus, you're the Lord of the harvest and and this is your harvest and and I'm getting an agreement with you and now I'm praying that you'll send laborers into your harvest field, that you'll send us, that you'll send me, that you'll, here we are standing waiting for you to send us, Lord. Will you join me in that prayer? I love it that in Mark chapter 16 that Jesus didn't send his disciples out empty-handed. I love that. We've been given authority and power to build the church and to cover the world with his glory. Genesis chapter 1, God tells Adam and Eve, have dominion. We are to walk in dominion. But in order to have dominion, there's a clause. Reproduction. I saw a little thing last night on social media, and it's fine because I don't see us this way. But, you know, someone had commented to someone else, Oh, I, you're going to Firm Foundation Ministries now. Firm Foundation Ministries has become a mega church. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm not ashamed to grow. 
Because I believe that the gospel that is preached here is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it transforms lives. And I'm not going to apologize for growing, and I'm not going to wait for other churches to win the lost. I'm not critical of other churches. We don't talk bad about other churches. You never see us do it. As a matter of fact, if you come in here and start doing it, I will stop you. Don't do that. If God has called you here, let's go. Let's go. If God's released you from another church and put you, let's go. We're not going to talk bad about other churches. Do they do things different than we do? Probably. Because y'all just got the misfortune of being led by a southern Pentecostal boy. I'm not going to apologize about winning the lost. I'm not going to do it. The key to Adam and Eve taking, uh, taking authority and dominion over the earth is reproduction. And, and it's through giving birth to sons and daughters, then releasing them to do the same, that dominion happens generation after generation after generation. There's no dominion without reproduction. And we must look at these young people as our sons and our daughters. And I don't know about you as a parent, but I hope my kids go further and are more blessed and do more and accomplish more and have more than I ever had in my life. I'm not interested in telling these young people, wait your turn. I'm interested in looking at them and go, get, hello somebody. What are you doing? Do you know how many young people show up at this church during the week and say, Pastor Don, uh, I'm bored at home. Do you have anything for me to do? What? Yes, I do. (laughs) They want to be here. The key to establishing the kingdom of God on earth is the same process. we got to birth sons and daughters. we got to reproduce sons and daughters in faith to take back the city for Christ. We've got to turn hearts of people back to God to subdue Satan's kingdom. We must expand God's kingdom here and now in this city. How are we going to gain dominion? We need to be winning souls so that we're reproducing sons and daughters. Listen to me and listen to me well. Doctrine matters. The Word of God matters. It matters. And I'm not interested in compromising those things to grow the church. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because you don't need to do that when people's lives are transformed by the Word of God. You don't need to compromise the Word of God. But when you use world, I got to move on. It's, I got two minutes. Jesus starts his ministry with 12. And the power and the gifts are full of the operation of equipping of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share something with you real quick. And I'm just going to, I'm going to close. Please do not believe the world or even church culture that tells you that the church is not being effective on planet earth. In the 20th century... Leora gave us a word this morning. She talked about God wants to move like an earthquake in your life. 1906, April 18, 1906, in uh, in San Francisco, the deadliest earthquake in North American history happened. That same day, 400 miles away, Azusa Street revival broke out. 
God shook the earth and revival broke out. God shook the earth and revival broke out. The same day. Can I tell you about this characteristic of the church? Y'all ready? In the 20th century, the Christian population in Africa exploded from 8 million to 100 or to 335 million. I was just in Kenya and I got to ride around with a bishop that's on the presidential cabinet. He's on the cabinet of the president of Kenya. Listen, we didn't have to go through security at airports. We walked right through. Because he's got a badge. He's on the presidential cabinet. Everywhere we went with Bishop Moffat, we were surrounded by security and we got to go around every other checkpoint. The government of Kenya says we know that the churches are healthy. And if the churches are healthy, then the nation is healthy. And so the government of Kenya has said you cannot start new churches unless the leadership of those churches are credentialed because the doctrine must be right so the churches can be healthy. So Kenya is supporting church planting. And so our Bible colleges in Kenya are flourishing. Hello, somebody. I was at one graduation, 450 pastors graduated. It took nine hours. The shift from Africa to Latin America to Asia. In China, where it's illegal to be a Christian, in the 1970s, there was an estimated 3 million Christians. Today, the best guest estimate, which is low, is there's over 130 million Christians. In Latin America, where the Catholic Church has had a stronghold for a long time and is actually seeing its numbers decline, Approximately 40 million Brazilians identify themselves as evangelicals now. You woke up this morning. You know what all this means? You woke up this morning. By the time you go to bed tonight, 35,000 people will be born again and filled with the Spirit every day. Every day. Don't believe them when they tell you the church is on its decline. See, from the pew to the pulpit, you know what you see? From where you sit to looking up here, you see a pastor. But from the pulpit to the pew, you know what I see? People called of God. Maybe you see somebody who's called to lead, but I see people who are called to lead. Maybe you see somebody, a man with gifts and talents, but I see a people with gifts and talents. Maybe you see a man behind a pulpit, but I see a people with a pulpit of their daily lives who can change the world like no sermon could ever change it. Maybe you see a minister of God, but I see people that are ministers of God flooding this world. Maybe you see somebody of destiny, but I see a people and a church full of destiny. I see a people who should have an active walk with God. And Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. And listen to me. I think when God looks at FFM, he sees a salt shaker that he cannot wait to shake out on this earth. 
Glory. Stand with me. Stand with me. I got, I got to be done. You can read the rest of the notes. Sorry. <laughs> God is good to us. And, and we, we got this question by the Spirit some time ago. What are you going to do with the goodness of God? See, it's too much, too much competition between churches. The woods is full of people. Every one of us knows someone we could have hauled in here this morning. I dare you. I dare you. Now, see, in the South, you don't, you don't, you don't dare Southern people because stuff's going to happen. You see these young people? Pastor Don, why are you doing that? Do you know the hell we've had to fight through for that? You, you don't, and that's okay. But I got zero regrets. And when you put me in a grave, I was going to be what I say to all of you. Amen. I, I promise you. Y'all, when I die, y'all better not mess up my funeral. I'm going to preach it myself. This world is waiting on Jesus. Not just the church. This world is waiting on Jesus. And he isn't somewhere else. He's right here. Every day. He's right here. Every day. Can we give it to him? These are exciting times. Church, we got to step it up. Jesus is coming back. Too many people going to hell. Right? It's time to take back this country. It's time to take back the church. It's time to take back what's stolen from us. It's time to take back what we have so, you know, let go and just tried to get along, to go along and all this good stuff, right? It's about time for us to go. We must be about our Father's business. When faith happens, release happens. And God has got this church in a season of release. Can I ask you to demonstrate that? By joining us to pray, being a part of this vision, loving the house you're called to. Hello, somebody. And listen, people tell me all the time, I was like, oh, it's my church. And they're like, oh, it's not your church, it's Jesus' church. I don't have time for you to wear a spiritual hat. Cut. You see, what's mine, I take ownership of. You know why I'm not washing your car? Because your car. You know why I wash my car? It's my car. God gave me this house. God gave you this house. You can take ownership of this is my church. This is my church. When you do that, your investment is much easier. Your investment in time, prayer, giving, your, your participant is much better. When you take ownership, watch what God will do. See, the harvest isn't the problem. It's people saying, I'm called here so I can drive this piece of equipment. This is my job in the harvest. I love you and I have never been a part of something so radically crazy in all my life. And if you don't believe how crazy it is, come back here for the dessert auction. I will apologize right now for some crazy folk. Amen? That's the fun part of it, right? Watching those young people watch us be crazy to bless them. They never forget it. Can I pray for us at the end of our series? Father, thank you for this series. 
we want to rejoice today. God, some reason this is called Super Sunday. Um, that's because uh, a dead pig is going to get kicked around. It's a Super Sunday because there's a living Lord walking around. Have your way, Lord, today. Have your way today. Do what only you can do so only you get the glory. Thank you for the vision of this house. Today, Lord, we bless the leaders who carry the weight of the vision. Renew their hearts and their strengths. Let us have joy in what you've called us to do. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Turn around and tell your neighbor. The harvest is plentiful.